Hey guys, uh, welcome to our Christian viewing experience, and I am Noah Wilder, and that is... Hey, I'm Elias Chavez. Yeah, okay, he's sad. <laughs> you put so much energy into that. I was not expecting that. <laughs> you... But then you purposely went lower on the energy than you would have. <laughs> I'm such an... I'm sure there was at least one person who was like, is that you? Is that even Elias? That's not... That's is that not... Tehoun? Is that Tehoun? Is he still there? <laughs> <laughs> just still in the at one the, one the end of the news last time if you guys stuck around till the end where we say bye i know a lot of people were just like oh they're wrapping up and click you know <laughs> but <laughs> elias goes happy indigenous people's day and then <laughs> who goes Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! <laughs> and then i cut it to the music <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So Tehoun would just be in the background going, What? Do you know what our intro song sounds like? Isn't that what it. Nothing like that. Wait, Ty, that's exactly how it goes. So like. Oh, wait, no, that's Nirvana All Apologies. Wait. You're making me forget everything. Wait, I gotta think All Apologies for his. They've just heard it, and now you're just like... Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's Nirvana. Yes, all apologies. our intro... Great baseline. No, are you going to... What is it? it? What's our intro? All I can think of is all apologies. <laughs> all I can, that is our intro. And now it? all I can think of is all... like, And now like the lyrics are playing in my head, and it's all like, what else should I be? That, that's enough of that. <laughs> me to sing so many times and the one time i yeah, the, the, okay, okay. the gimmick is you don't sing. <laughs> the gimmick not you actually sing turn the volume all the way up. okay okay you ready yes i'm ready no okay i was wrong yeah, you're, <laughs> you're completely <laughs> off <laughs> Nothing close to it's all, all apologies. That's my favorite part of this song. Okay. That and the part about White Snake's car. <laughs> but just <laughs> the enthusiasm with which he says it. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> YouTube. And Blondie, uh, music's, music's still, still on MTV. MTV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How was your week, Elias? I had a pretty good week. Um, <laughs> not too not much. The happened. Best Buy today. Yes, yes. We were supposed to record at one. It's ten oh five. Yeah. So today was super busy. I basically like I went downstairs. Um, you know, had breakfast, uh, had some lunch. And then my dad was like, Hey, are you busy for the rest of the day? And I was like, well, I got some stuff going on at one. And he was like, okay, okay. It's, uh, it was like, or I was, I was getting ready for lunch. I think it was like and, 1030 or something. When you yeah. 1030, 11 o'clock. And, uh, he was like, okay, real quick. Uh, let's, let's go to Costco. Uh, we're going to get you a flu shot real quick. And I was like, okay, let's go, go to Costco. Get me a flu shot. And he's like, and uh, on our way back, we'll get lunch. And then you can still go to your thing at one. He's like, it might be a little late, but, you know, it's whatever. And I was like, all right, all right, that sounds fine. And then, uh, you know, we went to lunch. Took a while. Walmart. Got my flu shot. Best Buy. Took a while. (laughs) Went to Walmart. Didn't buy anything. Took a while. (laughs) 
We were at Best Buy looking for stuff because my, my brother's birthday's coming up, so we were looking for stuff and uh, took a while. In fact, Best Buy took a long while. We were looking at TVs and and uh, and mics and games and it, we were we were just there and then like later on and we were still there. Okay. And we were still there. <laughs> anyway, so I got home and like as soon as, and like before I even got home, I'd already like called an Uber to get over here because I was like, I need to take off immediately. Um, and then you were still, like you texted me, mm-hmm. y'all be there in 30 minutes and then it was over an hour later. What? <laughs> no. You said you were calling the Uber, so I assumed 30 minutes. Well. That's what that usually means. Because, you know, it's got to like show up. Are you on the way up? Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I texted you at three forty one that I was getting the Uber. Come on, so man. it still took an hour. <laughs> <After>. <laughs> anyway, point is uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So, um, but yeah, so today super busy. Other than that, not much has happened. I mean, midterms yeah, are over for me. We recorded two days ago, so. <laughs> Oh yeah, not much time has passed. Oh yeah, that's. Oh, that's why I have no news for today. Because <laughs> yeah. we recorded two days ago. Anyway, we're here again. We're here. Hi. Um, my week has been good. I had a game night yesterday. Okay. With some guys from my CG, um, at Crew. That was fun. I don't know how into board games are you. Yes. I love so not board at games. all. No, no, no. I, I, okay, fair. No, I really like board games. I, I can't say that like like some people go to like board game conventions and stuff. Yeah, no, and, I'm not like, saying that. I'm just. Do you? If you put a board game in front of me, I'm gonna rock out. Ga- <laughs> if you find a new board game, you're gonna be excited about it. Right? Oh yeah. Okay, that's the level we're at at the very least. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you're okay. about to describe more. But at the very least, that's what we're at. Yes. Uh, I played this new board game called Everdell yesterday. Everdell. Have you ever heard of it? I'm. I no, I've not. I was trying Ascent? to. Okay. I was trying to like make a pun with Everdell. Like no. <laughs> Have you, okay. So are you in the board games enough to understand what I'm saying when I say asymmetrical gameplay? Yeah. Okay. I should probably explain it anyway. To the, to, to the Asymmetrical podcast. gameplay just basically means you and your character or your group uh, that you're mm-hmm. playing as, you have your individual goal and you never have to interact with anyone else if you don't want to. Yeah. Done. Um, yeah. So you play as... You could think of it if you're interested, if you know, uh, like, the werewolf game, you can think of it like the hunter or not the hunter, the tanner. I don't like the werewolf game. You don't all. like the werewolf? Uh, because you, it, it's like mafia, but made worse. Because okay, so I mean, in mafia, okay, there's like three. You probably have like three or four nights before the game's over. Yeah. And werewolf, you have one night, and you don't know anything about anyone, and you're just supposed to start yelling at each other. And I don't like it because I have no reason to suspect anyone. Well, you just for anything, you just keep like, killing people. <laughs> But it, there's no strategy. It's just get mad and loud. Get mad. Get mad and loud and kill and like and so you un- people. So you no you reason. understand why I like it then? No, I don't. <laughs> get mad and loud because ah. you should. If you're a board game person, you should like strategy, and there is none. You just start yelling. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. no. The what t- were you? Why'd you bring up? Oh, werewolf? because there's a character in there named the Tanner, 
And regardless of whether the werewolves win or like the normal people win, the tanner wins if he dies. If you vote to kill the tanner, the tanner wins. Um, he hates his job and wants to die. That's his. <laughs> that's the <laughs> story reason. The okay, so um, um, anyway, this board game, Everdale, mm-hmm. you are playing as a group of woodland creatures. You can be a squirrels. You can be porcupines, mice, and we didn't play as the other ones. So I don't remember it. I love them. Okay, <laughs> that's so all that you, matters. You get like at the beginning of the game, you get like three of them, mm-hmm. and then as seasons change, you gather more. Oh. So you, but every turn you only get to do one action, and then one so you have once to you're manage action, a lot of characters. Once you're out, no, because you're not. There's not. You're not doing anything on a board. You're building a city and drawing cards from a board area. So, so like woodland Catan, similar. Okay. But you're not. You're not like you're not building a physical city. You're building. You're getting cards, and those are like. Uh, buildings or people in your city and you're like okay i want to have a monastery in my city and so you just place the card down okay say, okay that's my monastery mm. uh, and that monastery allows you to do other things and put characters in the monastery and stuff and it eventually gets you points and at the end of the game each thing you build is worth points and it's different actions you take in your city is worth points and then you just count up your points at the end. Cool. So at the end of the game, you're like, I've got six porcupines in my monastery, and so I win. Well, kind of. Okay. Similar. <laughs> you're almost on the right track. <laughs> almost there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it was very interesting, and we played for three hours, <laughs> because me, it was just three of us. One guy had played it like five times, at least. Mm-hmm. Me and the other guy were completely new. Okay. And so, like... The guy who had played it before had, like, this sprawling strategy of what he wanted to do and what's important and whatever. He, at the end of the game, had 66 points. Or 56 points, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other guy didn't know what he was doing at first, but then built up a strategy. Okay. I just did things. <laughs> the other guy got 42 points. Mm-hmm. I got 38 points. Okay. So just doing things worked for me. <laughs> and he, the guy who had played it before said, this is the highest scoring <laughs> game of Everdale I've ever played. <laughs> I was like, cool. Cool. Because <laughs> we just kept being able to do things. And once you don't have enough money or resources to build or do things or buy things, yeah, that's the end of the game. Oh. You just keep going until you die. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I just really enjoyed it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. I really like I think you would like it. Uh, me and Sarah Beth got this new game called Villainous. Yes, I've I, heard of that. Yeah. I, mean, I think I've saw played it. Downstairs. it. Um, it's a Disney Villainous is what the actual name is. Okay. Um, of course. It's also asymmetrical play. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that I really like asymmetrical play. <laughs> just because i get to do my own thing sure and yeah i can like uh in villainous it's called fading other characters so if you fate someone you pull out of their fate deck and they may get a hero they have to defeat now yeah or whatever but you're playing as the villains of a disney game yeah of a movie so i have played as hook and jafar and for hook you have to defeat you have to get peter pan to a certain location and defeat him there mm-hmm. but that takes a while to do because of different board game things 
<laughs> and Jafar, you have to do a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, there. I really enjoy that, and I think you'd enjoy that one, too. I mean, I've not yeah. played Disney Villainous, so... There's Marvel Villainous and Disney Villainous. That's the only two. <laughs> so, I think I played Marvel, then. That would make sense. That would be pretty on brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta keep it consistent. <laughs> just got it right, 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 right. I've got a brand. <laughs> when am I gonna play... Uh, anime villainous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just completely different shows. Oh, yes. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh. I love <laughs> Goku. I love your reference for anime. Okay. Those are three. Yes. Then you got like... Okay. Okay. Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're getting somewhere. Seven Deadly Sins. Uh-huh. Uh, and what's that other one? Castlevania. <laughs> Yeah. Is that an anime? It's not. It's Is a, it, it not? It's, it's, it's anime style, but made in the U.S., it's, so it's not anime. Exactly. Okay, cool. It's, it's Avatar. Cool. So, include Castlevania. <laughs> or, Basically. Or what's that other one yeah. that's on Netflix? Mm-hmm. I can't, you're going to have to tell me. You can't be like, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking There's about? There's a lot of anime it, on it's, Netflix, too. But it's it's a sequel to the, to the, the series that had like four endings, and one was a movie... And you know what I'm talking about, and you can't think of it right now. And they like control uh, robots by bonding with them and stuff. And, and, and yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Voltron. Yeah, no, maybe I don't know. <laughs> they control rob. Yeah, lion robots. No, they're like Gundams. <laughs> oh, are you talking uh, not Kill a Kill? Uh, or wait, what is what is that one where each person is? With someone who is a weapon and they transform into the Soul Eater. Yeah, that. I love Soul Eater. That's another one, but... That is anyway, one of my so all-time the favorites. The makers of Villainous make this happen. Thank you. Moving <laughs> <Yeah. on. laughs> We're so, just but, giving you ideas. But dis- the Disney plots are super simple, but anime plots, not <laughs> so much. So be- you're playing for like, like six hours before like the game gets good. Chess, <laughs> which is chess where you can travel back in time. <laughs> to see your other moves and try and restart there and win you only have to but win. your opponent can also do that yeah, but you only have to win in one of them so if your opponent's focused on one thing and you're like playing along and then you also go back in time and oh finish in a different realm you still win as long as you win before he does oh my gosh <laughs> it's crazy I, I love this is this a real thing yes it's on uh tw- what's steam you can get it on steam Dude, <laughs> you're gonna get it now, aren't you? All right, we've we've I fanboyed enough this. over like fan games, <laughs> uh, over board games, so over over <laughs> uh, future presentations. <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> all right, all right, you take it away, buddy. All right, so there's this song called False Teacher. Have you heard it? <laughs> Where he literally just lists people and goes, "False teacher." Yes. <laughs> Joel Osteen, false teacher. True. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. That just is your feature presentation. Like no, everybody needs to go listen but... to the song to listen to a list of potential antichrists. <laughs> no, I was gonna say you can add Jack Skellington to that list. I... <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> kind of. 
You can't make sweeping <laughs> claims like that and then be like, well, uh, right. I mean, it kind of So hurts. I'm talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I literally watched today. <laughs> yes, Sarah Beth was telling me while you were out. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like, she was like, this is what he's talking about because you don't want to tell me what you're talking about. This is how Sarah Beth <laughs> talks now. She's all like, she's all like mm, you That's know, not, honey. It's not how my wife talks. <laughs> and she would, if she ever calls me honey, I'm stabbing her in the head. Whoa! That is like whoa, an alien imposter. Whoa! <laughs> Child friendly. <laughs> that... My wife would never say the words honey in a serious oh way, gosh. ever. So, like, that's the dead giveaway. Whoa! Like, I know she is, oh like, goodness. The, she's, like, the thing at that. She's, she's like, like the she's thing. trying to We're be talking wife. John Carpenter yeah. over here. Yeah, she's John Carpenter's the thing at Oh, that my point, gosh. Impersonating my that wife. That got so much more intense than I was expecting, especially because there's a knife sitting right next to you. You're going to call me honey now? <laughs> You're gonna... Moving uh, on. No. <laughs> I, that's all I was trying to say is that I know something's up, something's wrong if my wife ever calls me honey. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's how I described it. My point is that she brought up that you watched it for the first time today. And I was yeah. like, he's married to you and was dating you for how long? Okay. Okay. And... I don't... Th okay. To understand what Elias was saying, you have to understand my wife is very Disney, yay, Disney philic, <laughs> Disney centric, Disney centric. She's very, she likes Disney a lot, uh, in Disney movies, in Disney parks, in Disney shows, in Disney everything, um, which yeah. is fine because I I enjoy learning about Disney parks and their history and all in different yeah. rides and things, and I think they're really well made, and I like the movies. I think they're usually well made, and yeah, so I don't really mind. But I don't really count Nightmare, it, it, Nightmare Before Christmas as a Disney movie in the same way as other things are Disney movies. It very much it's has like, its own vibe. It's like, yes, it was produced and released by Disney, but they... It's all Tim Burton. <laughs> kind of. Ah, fair. Because he didn't even direct it. Which is odd, because it says Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, but he didn't even... He produced it, it, right? He produced it. He produced it, It was yeah. his vision, but yeah. someone else directed it. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, really weird it, Yes, there. but when it was released, Disney specifically didn't want their name on it, because yeah. they were like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> we're going to see how <laughs> so this one goes. Not, it is released and produced by Disney, but it is not really a Disney movie. Yeah. So I don't think it's but that now, surprising that now I that it's a smash it. hit and like every goth emo kid has a I Jack, Jack Skellington, Skellington. like <laughs> ear piercings and stuff. like <laughs> gauges with his face. <laughs> I can totally picture. <laughs> I know it's out there. I, I they opened I a whole store called Hot Topic about this movie. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it, I remember going in there as a kid and just constantly being in shock over the sheer. It was like it was like there was an Invader Zim section cool. and a and a <laughs> and then the the and when you say section, you mean like five shirts and a few hats. And yeah. Then, and then you turn around and Jack Skellington just literally <laughs> just plastered on the wall. <laughs> and and now they have anime stuff. And more Jack Skellington. And, and more room for Jack Skellington somehow. And Mr. Oogie Boogie. Uh, I'm the highway man. No, that's not <laughs> <a sister. laughs> Anyway. He just gave me a look. Whew. Okay, I'm going to 
get through this because we got to get to it. The energy at 10 o'clock at night is not going to match whoever pulls this up at like 9 in the morning because they just got to work and they're like, oh, new episode, click. And then they're just going to be berated, <laughs> berated. By, berated by the noises we make. Uh, <laughs> we just like verbally abuse. <laughs> We're berating them constantly. No. Hey, Moving you. <laughs> okay. So the fact that I haven't seen it and I'm married to someone who really likes Disney is not that surprising to me. So I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm just saying it's like a big part of a lot of people's childhood. Oh, well, it's a big part of my childhood. My mom didn't watch it, didn't like it, and because she doesn't like Halloween period. Because mm. uh, she's one of those moms. Hey, mom, you never listen. Moving on. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you never listen. <laughs> she didn't like it. Um, and then my dad, like, it just wasn't his cup of tea either. But he never saw it. So it was never important mm. for them to show me. Like, they made sure I knew Star Wars and Indiana Jones and the Back to the Future and these other things. Because they viewed those movies culturally important enough mm-hmm. that if you haven't seen them, you're probably not going to be... You're not going to engage with the culture very, very well without yeah. at least knowing about those. Okay. And they're also very, very good movies. Mm-hmm. So, we watched them. But, so like, understanding culturally relevant movies and having seen them was important to my parents. Especially when they were had the original Netflix where it was like male. Ah. I miss that so much. Anyway. It's sent you the discs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ah. So we got to watch a lot of things to like, because they were like, "Oh, this is an important movie for you to have seen and understand." Yeah. As an American, I guess. <laughs> I wonder what Netflix is doing with all those old discs. I think there still is a mail service. I want it. Is Very it cheaper? <laughs> is is it like? I I think it's the same price as streaming, like seven ninety nine or something like that. Oh my. God. He's totally going to do it. (laughs) I will sign up for streaming and DVD service if I must. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So they made sure we saw that, but this was not one of those movies they were like, oh, this is important enough Mm -hmm. to make sure our kids see. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Yeah, I get it. Moving on. So I watched this movie for the first time today. I was going to talk about The Dragon Prince, but you haven't seen it. So you got to go watch the whole thing this week. And then we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> or not. <laughs> oh. That was that was just a joke. Man, I that was have joke. plans. Well now you now you really have plans. <laughs> and, now, and now you have a dedication. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a joke, but I'd really like you to watch it just so I don't have to worry about spoilers on that. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> at least try to get through. I'm watching Bly Manor. Oh yeah. I still need to watch that. Um, I think I'm on like episode five or something. Apparently, okay. Apparently, it's a love story. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. Cool. I guess that fits it. Okay. Moving on. So I watched it for the first time today, and because my wife really wanted to watch it, and she was like, "I know you're trying to write about Dragon Prince, but we'll just find one in this." And she hit play. <laughs> so, so now I'm here. <laughs> oh. But anyway, I'm going to talk about, let's get through this. Uh, <laughs> trusting in the word of God and not on your own understanding. Oh, right. okay. So Jack, uh, he tries, he is disappointed in life at the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. He's done the Halloween Very thing a thousand times. 
Uh, and he's like, I just gotta find something else. And he finds Christmas Land. Yay. Uh, <laughs> or Christmas Town, I think. Christmas it's Town. Um, and he's like, oh my gosh. And he sings a song. What's this? What's this? There's something uh, in the air. What's this? What's this? Anyway, yes. You're singing a lot today. I, <laughs> that's my 10 o'clock vibe. <laughs> Catch me at 11 when it's no longer my vibe. <laughs> so, anyway, so he is looking around. He's talking and he starts saying, like, there's a warm feel. He sings and he says, I don't understand the warm feeling that I'm getting from just being here. Yeah. From inside myself and uh, that everyone's happy and they're. No one's trying to scare each other, and this is amazing. Yeah. Um, because he's just tired. Yeah. It's not like he dislikes scaring people and the <laughs> Halloween thing. Yeah. He's just tired of it. And he's like, oh, this is something different. Amazing. Uh, and he really enjoys Christmas, which is really funny to me. <laughs> just the goth, goth guy is like... <laughs> <laughs> he's just like super hardcore the whole year but yeah. once december hits <laughs> he's like yo time to put on now that thanksgiving's over it is now acceptable to play i want a hippopotamus for christmas that's a blare in his yeah. car that's like painted jet black <laughs> and tinted out windows oh my gosh his murdered out car he just had anyway moving on that's uh... what it reminds me of um uh so he finds this and he's like this is amazing and he goes Mm -hmm. home and he brings a few things for himself and no one else (laughs) kind of missing the point yeah uh and he's like trying to understand christmas for himself because he really likes it yeah um and so he but the thing is he never talked to anyone in christmas town yeah he never like just said hey what is this even though he said, what's this? A bunch. <laughs> he never talked to anyone yes. to understand what's going on, why he feels this way, why this place is special, what's different about it, anything like that. Yeah. And so he's trying, he gets this experience and he's trying to figure it out on his own. Yeah. So he's like, he's a, I would say he's a little bit like an unbeliever. He first comes in contact, contact with some Christian ideas or the spiritual ideas. And he's like, oh, that, that makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's interesting. That makes sense. Makes me feel good. And then just goes off on his own and tries to figure it out on his own. Yeah. Right? And then in the process of teaching the people of Halloween Town about Christmas, he becomes a false teacher. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is really funny. I don't know why this is so funny. (laughs) But he becomes a false teacher because he's like trying to explain it. None of them are understanding any of it. Yeah. They're like, oh, a present. Is it going to scare people? Will it have claws? Yeah. Is there a head inside? <laughs> Stuff like that. And he's like, um, no, moving on. <laughs> and he keeps going. And then he finally gets to Santa Claus and he just, just forgets the truth. And he's like, he's this giant lobster thing with sandy claws. And <laughs> he just like gives them what they want to hear. He literally yeah. says that before you. Goes into describing this fake Santa Claus. Yeah. Sandy Claus. Sorry. Sandy Claus. Yes. Um, so he literally is, uh, let's say. Like just lying to their faces. He's lying Wait. to their faces. And I'm going to read 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Uh, for a time is coming where we'll 
people will not enjoy sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for them teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So essentially, like this is Second Timothy, uh, this is Paul writing yeah. Second Timothy. He's describing false teachers, saying there are going to be a bunch of people who are going to teach you and tell you everything you like mm-hmm. and everything you that suits your own passions. Yes, not the truth. Truth is what we know about Santa Claus and from our culture uh, in this movie, like. It's just Santa Claus. Yeah. Not that big of a deal. But he twists it into this Halloween Town version of Santa Claus because they'll like it more and it suits their passions. Um, So he becomes a false teacher even in this. Uh, So when Jack is in Christmas Town, okay, I'm I'm repeating myself. (laughs) Uh, Like, here I am again. So he tries to figure it out on his own. And the only way he can eventually figure it out, he he, uh, opens the window after a few weeks and yet says eureka uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says i figured it out i need to be in charge of christmas so it it's like you come in contact with some spiritual ideas some christian ideas you think they sound good and but you can't figure it out because you're not asking you know god yeah or in his case he didn't talk to santa claus about what is this place yeah what's going on here what's christmas please explain he just goes home, yeah. right? But for an unbeliever who comes into contact with some probing spiritual questions and ideas, and they like them, if they try and figure it out on their own, guess what they're going to do? Make themselves in charge of everything. <laughs> um, so and when he's in charge, he almost understands things, but everything is slightly off. So he's trying to create his own Christmas, and the people there in this, like, I guess it would be like a fallen area of Halloween Town completely miss the mark on everything. Mm -hmm. They put like voodoo heads in presents and My favorite is the snake. Oh yeah. I like the giant snake. (laughs) (laughs) And like the dolls attack people when they and stuff like that. I like I love the news reporter that they show later on who's just like freaking out because all these children are opening like horrible booby trap toys. Yeah. And so they, they just end up ruining what Christmas is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything falls apart, and he tries to live out live out of the way this changed Christmas. Okay. Yeah, so I was ready for notes, and then I got lost. <laughs> no, it was very obvious, though, just the like, transition from, like, and he was reading the... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he is trying to live out this this idea of christmas and he's kind of still in this quote-unquote fallen area because he still understands everything through the perspective halloween town yes even though through his own fallen perspective instead of coming to terms so he's not correcting them when they're like oh we put a dead head in this oh we wrap it up with spider legs oh we put a spider on this oh we do this and that oh we give people giant snakes that eat them stuff he doesn't correct them because he's like you're getting it finally yes (laughs) because he does like those things yes um and so he's still warped in that and the character of set more than a little bit warped (laughs) yeah but the character of sally is the only one who sees this as like that's not what christmas is i don't even know for sure what christmas is but i know this isn't it this Mm. is still more halloween stuff yeah um 
And so he's called out on it, and things change. Um, <laughs> and then Oogie Boogie shows up. It's not his kind of Mr. Oogie Boogie. Mr. With, Mr. The, with the gambling Mr. problems. <laughs> Mr. Oogie Boogie. Yeah. I don't, I don't really understand that part. Did not explain who he is, why he's there. He's just a potato sack man with buggy bugs. Yeah. Got it. What, did he used to be the Pumpkin King at some point? No, I think he's... he got you usurp- served? Uh, usurp. See, okay, on that note, I've never understood, because he's the, he's the Pumpkin King, mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the movie, you clearly see him as, like, like a pumpkin, you know? You see he's got a pumpkin head, he's, like, dancing around, and he falls into, the, like, the... I think Pumpkin King is just a title. <laughs> and then he comes out, and he's, like, dead. He's, he's a skeleton now. Yeah. And I've just always wondered, like... Like, I think that's just part of the little parade they do. I was like, is, is that yeah? But, is it just an outfit he wore, or was he a pumpkin? I think that was just an outfit. Honestly. Just an outfit. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Anyways, <laughs> not important. My little child brain could never understand. Um. So just him being in charge of Christmas does not work out. And at the end of everything, he learns to trust that he is not supposed to be in charge of Christmas. And he learns how to be himself better because of this little adventure he went on. Mm-hmm. He's more excited about Halloween. He has more ideas of how he can scare people and make Halloween better yeah. because of his little adventure. And he understands that he doesn't do Christmas right. He doesn't fully understand Christmas, but he does understand that he's not supposed to be in charge of Christmas. Right? Yeah. So he does come around a little bit. I don't, if he's in this role of the unbeliever, I don't think he becomes a Christian at that point. But he definitely understands Oh, I need to learn more if I were to be involved with that. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so he's just, uh, I'm going to read Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In 1 Corinthians 1, 25. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Basically, the whole idea is not trusting in yourself to understand everything you have to trust in god to teach you things yeah so if jack were to trust santa or anyone in christmas town to explain these things he probably would have been way better off <laughs> and he would imagine one of those little children elf things mm-hmm. in christmas town and then Jack Skellington shows up. He's like, hey, what's up? Explain Christmas. No. <laughs> anyway, so he's not, he's trusting in himself because he still sees himself as the person who's supposed to be in charge, mm-hmm. but he likes this thing now, so he's putting himself in charge of that. It, it's literally like cultural appropriation, a forewarning tale. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, do not do all of these things. Yeah. So he, um, he trusts in his own understanding, which is what leads him astray. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about the actual truth and the actual wisdom and understanding of the people of Christmas Town. Yeah. And if he did, if he leaned on that understanding instead of his own, he could have done things right. But he doesn't truly care about Christmas at all. He just wanted to do something different. And so he does something different through his own understanding and ruins it. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that it's it's a it's a little bit of an idea. <laughs> okay. Do you want to add anything? No, 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 no. Um, I, 
yeah you came up with this in a couple hours <laughs> yeah um there's not be, because i think christmas town isn't as fleshed out as halloween town mm-hmm. other than like literally santa claus himself it's basically uh, just the north pole yeah um <laughs> there really isn't anyone specific that like jack could have gone to you know there isn't a like a good in-betweener there's not a christ figure in that jack skellington doesn't have anyone to like really ask questions of um like you said he could have just asked anyone i guess um like hypothetically um but there's not a specific character that we're introduced to in the story yeah there's no so he's just kind of lost (laughs) yeah there's no character in christmas town that's job is answer questions for people but (laughs) exposition dump (laughs) but there's also he could have literally asked anyone right and he chooses not to because he wants to figure it out for himself because he wants to be in charge (laughs) yeah yeah so having spiritual ideas and believing spiritual things doesn't get you in heaven nope it does not teach you anything (laughs) it doesn't teach you anything you have to seek guidance from the lord Mm -hmm. and you can do that by reading your bible praying or um talking to christians who would know things because they've been doing this for a little bit um but if you just have spiritual ideas you experience something and you're like oh man i really want to understand well maybe if i'm i think we all start with this idea of I'm the main character in this story yeah. of, of our own lives. And so when we, if you're an unbeliever who encounters some spiritual ideas and you want to accept them, you're still going to accept them with the understanding that you are the main character and therefore you are in charge. Yeah. Which the truth is you're not the main character and you're not supposed to be the main character and you're not supposed to be in charge. And so you're going to naturally go towards that unless you're guided into a correct view of who you are in relation to the actual main character Mm. of God. I don't don't think it's a very complicated. (laughs) Yeah, it's not super complicated. I just like the idea of false prophet (laughs) Jack Jack Skellington. Yeah, because I was trying to think. Because he can be a Satan esque character where he sees this person in charge and one says i'm better I'm it, yeah he, he he corrupts the system in a sense yeah and he yeah <laughs> he wants to usurp and he takes those people that were working for him and cor- corrupts them too mm-hmm. at the same time but at the end he's clearly the hero of the story and that he changes his ways and saves people. Yeah. So it's like I don't a think little, he's a little less like Satan. I don't think it's exactly Satan, but <laughs> I I don't know what exactly he would be. But I think this was the best thing I could understand mm. from it. If I think there was definitely like, the, he's like Isaiah, like a like a bad dude, and then God comes to him and calls him and purifies him, putting the burning coal on his lips. Kinda. <laughs> kind of you're like uh sure because he comes he, he does become a true prophet not a bad dude what what are you talking about <sighs> he says i'm from a people of unclean lips and yeah i am a person of unclean lips yeah but he's not like specifically the worst he's not specifically <laughs> the worst <laughs> i love that description he's not like explicitly stated like 
ah, that Isaiah fella, you watch out for him. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I was, I think there is something to this idea of like encountering God and then trying to make it your own and not looking out. But I'm not yeah. exactly sure what allegorically Jack Skellington would fit in into that, you know? Mm. Because like that, Satan did do that. He encount, he definitely encountered God, <laughs> and then he tried to define it for himself, which allowed him to define it as I'm better than everything and I should be in charge. So, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. But Satan's not going to turn around, so I can really <laughs> stick to that. <laughs> I mean, kind of weird. Yeah. Like the one thing that God got wrong. What? No, like I mean, Satan does turn around at one point. Like he's God just assumes that Satan's gonna stay evil forever, and then this. Okay. Heresy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, uh, bookmark that one. <laughs> we need. To, we need to cut that out. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yes. Cool. <laughs> My turn. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> follow up on the promise of. Last episode, you're talking Last about episode, jungle. I promised, like, a couple things. Did you? Didn't I? Didn't I? I was like, oh, dude, El Dorado? And then I was like, oh, oh yeah. dude, Jungle Book? Oh, dude. Like, there were, like, two or three things that I was like, you know what? I think it was uh, just two. To fill the promise of last episode, Jungle Book. And also El Dorado. <laughs> Is it really? No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I tried to think of something for El Dorado, but I should rewatch that movie. All I could think about is, like... Um, like how it's another putting yourself in the place of god thing yeah i mean clearly not working yeah but there's two different ideas there of the priest puts himself in that place because he's supposed to speak for the gods Mm -hmm. and he just made himself the god yeah uh because he can say they do whatever (laughs) (laughs) right they want me to kill you sorry Uh, Uh, dude but there's also the then literally putting themselves in the place of god as they imitate i love that movie i i can so, i could actually talk on that movie for like a good hour or so just talking about like the history behind it and stuff and like what it's all based on and anyway it's based on the el dorado <laughs> i mean like the, the mythical old... golden city <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyways i mean like the genre conventions and like what but my point is um so here 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 is my talking about jungle book (laughs) so here's the thing rudyard kipling wrote the jungle books um he made this whole universe of wacky crazy stories um and then there are a couple of them that don't have anything to do with Mowgli. specifically there's one uh which is actually kind of famous if you've ever heard of ricky tiki tabi nope Oh no idea what you're talking. Uh oh, dude, you should. It. I don't think it's. Maybe it's on Disney Plus. Anyway, it, it's. It is a, also a short film kind of thing that uh that Disney made. So that's why I was like, it's kind of famous. Like anyway. Okay. Uh, Ricky Tiki Tavi, and then there's another one about hunting seals. Anyway. Okay. Point. Point is, he wrote a bunch of store these short stories that he put into one really big book. I love this book, and I was going to talk about some of the very niche Mowgli stories that are in there because I really love that book. And then I was like, "Well, you know what? Let me just talk about the movie, and I can I can save the weird book for later." Um, <laughs> I don't need to explain all that. Really. I don't need to get into all of that. Um, so, point is, so the basic premise of the movie is this: um, 
basically, big old big bad mean tiger shows up. His name's Shere Khan. Um, Shaka Khan. Shere Khan. <laughs> so Shere Khan shows up, and uh, he eats um, this this husband and this wife, and their little baby boy manages to escape. Is he's the baby, and he manages <laughs> to walk away um, unscathed. Uh, he finds he finds a. Uh, Did he find fire? He does. He, he finds uh, a wolf pack. Oh yeah, okay. and the the wolves are like they oh. protect him. Yes, they're like oh we'll take care of him. And then Shere Khan shows up and he's like, "Yo, I was hunting that man cub, and uh, you know, I'd like to eat him now." And they're like, "Sorry, he's a wolf. Can't help you." <laughs> Clearly a wolf. <laughs> Clearly a wolf. Um, I don't smell man cub. <laughs> I don't. Sm- um, so yeah, so they they run off and do their thing, um, and this wolf pack ends up raising um this boy this boy whose name is Mowgli whose name is Mowgli which I believe means frog um (laughs) (laughs) why did I just why is this this name frog because he because the idea is that like he has no claws he has no fur to deflect like scratches and stuff he he is weak and he is helpless okay like a frog I guess it was so funny. <laughs> that that really got you. I was like, his name means frog. So this guy gets raised by wolves. His name is Frog. <laughs> okay. Not how most stories go. If it were a Marvel comic, his name would be like Silver Tusk. <laughs> Anyways. Wolf's Bang. <laughs> They're like, wait, but you were raised by wolves. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah. I hate wolves. <laughs> His name's Frog. His name's Mowgli. He's raised by wolves. He grows up. Eventually, he gets to a certain age, though, and everyone is, like, voting on all these different members of the pack um, as they, like, make their... They have their... uh... They have wolf puberty, basically. And so they're, they're transitioning from, like, cubs to adults, and everyone's like, okay, all of these you know dogs are like all these wolves are like four years old they're adults now Mowgli's like 10 over here and and he's still like you know why aren't you there yet yeah he's still like playing with sticks and like he has to fashion his own weapons and tools to hunt and they're all like they're upset with that because they view man as bad Exactly. Doing a man thing of inventing yes. is bad. Yes. Um, there's a specific scene, and I forget if it's in the like live-action CG one or in the in the cartoon. I'm pretty sure it's in the cartoon. Um, but there's a baby elephant that gets stuck in a hole, and he like climb like no one can get the baby elephant out, and they're all sad because they're like, oh, this elephant's just gonna die in there, and uh, <laughs> they're like, damn, sucks. Um, but uh. Mowgli just like climbs down, fashions a little harness, and they manage to like haul the baby elephant out. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, no one else could have done that. Only a man could have done that. Um, anyways, so it, my point with that is that it raises this interesting question of like, oh man, can, can, the, can, can man survive in the jungle? Is it necessary? Is it evil? Um, because in the Bible and 
specifically in uh, Genesis, uh, after the fall of man, um, God tells us, I mean, even before that, when, when, we're, when Adam's just naming all the animals, um, but we're, we're put over the animals. You know, we, it is our job to um, rule over them and to like, take care of nature. You know, we have this, this like, goal in life to be a good steward of what God has given us rule over. Mm. Um, and I think the Jungle Book specifically really has an interesting way of engaging with that. Um, what honestly got me thinking about like the biblical bleh, biblical connections um, between the Jungle Book and uh, like biblical stuff is uh, like at the very end of the movie, uh, Mowgli and his and the posse, uh, they're fighting Shere Khan and uh, there's Baloo the bear. There's a scene where everyone thinks he's dead. And so Bagheera, he quotes John 15, 13. <laughs> he's, yeah, I'm just quoting the Bible. He did, he, exactly. <laughs> like, that's what he does. And it's like, where did this Black Panther learn? <laughs> the, and he specifically quotes the King James Version. Um, but yeah, John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty cool. Yeah. Good job, Bagheera. I don't know where you learned that, but kudos. Um, it's a really good verse. It's a really good <laughs> right? Anyway, um, but he's a panther in India. And he learned the King James version. <laughs> he the, he's a very... He learned the British version. He learned the British version. <laughs> um, anyways... Um, anyway, so that's what got me thinking about it. And then eventually I was like, oh, yeah, duh, man, nature. Duh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so all of the different characters, they all engage with this in different ways. Um, you can start with, like, Shere Khan. Um, he has a limp leg. Um, you know, he's a tiger, and he kind of just is the apex predator of the jungle. Everyone. Yeah, he was injured by man, mm -hmm. so that's why he has this, like, vendetta of the exactly and so everyone is like oh my gosh he's a tiger Mowgli needs to watch out and uh, honestly I don't really feel like I want to protect Mowgli um, <laughs> because Shere Khan is his enemy um so yeah so like nobody like really is like fighting for Mowgli Mowgli's just kind they're of not on his against own. him but they're not gonna exactly they're not gonna stand up for him yeah um except for his mom except you yeah. <laughs> And Baloo. And they're because they're all pretty cool. Um anyway, so yeah. Uh Mowgli ends up to get back to the actual story of the movie. Mowgli ends up getting voted out of the pack and he just kinda has to find his way with Bagheera and Baloo. And that the the three of them, that's their little trio. Um with Bagheera. Uh, actually let's start with Baloo. With Baloo, Baloo, you know, there's a song It's the Bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Don't worry you about your necessities. Necessities, the simple <laughs> bare necessities. Don't worry about your troubles or your strife. Anyway, You're singing so much. Today. <laughs> <laughs> You've been asking me for episodes, and episode thirty special. Elias sings. <laughs> A lot. The only description. <laughs> Elias sings. Okay. More than okay, an so, obnoxious amount. Yeah, but um, Lou, he's all about Hakuna Matata. Exactly. <laughs> like, he's just like, hey, you know, you're a man. Okay, cool. 
You know, uh, I think in the CGI movie, they kind of overdid it a little bit. Because he kind of he kind of uses him in a sense where he's like, oh, you wait, you're, you can get that honey. See the honey up there? Why don't you go get that honey for me? I don't like that. Um, but at the same time, like, he he goes up and gets the honey. And then he gets in danger and Blue's like, oh, no. And then he saves him. So yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, no, no, no. And then after that, you know, they, they form this bond. And it's like, okay, okay. But anyway... My point is, um, but yes, Baloo, very, like you said, very Hakuna Matata, very like, oh, you know, like, let's just kind of go with the flow. No one needs to fight. No one needs to argue. Um, regardless of like where you come from, you're here now and we should just all find a way to kumbaya and get what we need and not worry about anything. Exactly. Let us all just feed ourselves and not argue about superfluous stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, we get to Bagheera who's very much like, no, um, Mowgli can be here, but man is not part of the jungle. Mm -hmm. uh, Mowgli can be here if he is just a wolf. He's not protected by the wolves anymore, and he keeps, you know, like, playing with all these doing things. Man things. Doing man things. Doing, doing people stuff. Um, <laughs> so Bagheera tries to take him to like this like this nearby village and tries to like drop him off there bagheera wants him to be raised by men um he's all for he, he he's the he's the segregationist of the crew um he's just trying to make sure that like man has their place and that nature has its own um uh -huh. and so they all fall short of this like greater vision that god has for nature where nature is ruled by man um nature is protected by man as well you know it's not just like we can steamroll the the uh the the rainforest or whatever and get away with it um yeah. but you know we we have this we have this responsibility over nature and whereas shere khan wants nature to run itself and to completely overtake all of mankind and just like kill all of them get be done with it um you know baloo has this view where it's like okay no um what if we just kind of all did our own thing and no one really ruled over anyone else and everyone just kind of looked after themselves which again you know that doesn't follow in line with what god wants and then mm -hmm. bagheera just wants everything separate and in its place and peaceful and peaceful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is fine but not God's vision. Yeah. Um, and then Mowgli has to be, I guess, kind of like what Tehun was saying last week with Tarzan. Um, he has to figure out what being a man is. He has to figure out what being a man is. Um, but I think more so than with Tarzan, because Tarzan is just like, oh, am I a man? Am I an ape? Um, Mowgli knows the whole time. And I mean, he says, like, no, I'm a wolf. Like, what? Like, because, you know, that's how he was raised. But he knows that he's a man he knows that he doesn't fit in he doesn't have claws he bemoans the fact that he has to like make knives and stuff for himself he doesn't like that he can't run as fast as the, the exactly exactly yeah. he can't climb like monkeys can he can't do this he can't do that um and on the note of of monkeys there's there's king louis um who <laughs> not, just who is not a monkey who <laughs> <laughs> what what do you mean mate <laughs> okay you know i've never understood that like this one orangutan who's in charge of this like 
horde of monkeys shockingly orange monkeys <laughs> like <laughs> they're all orange they all have ta- tails yes and are monkey size yes so not, not orangutans i think they just literally dyed themselves to click please <laughs> to please king, king louis, louis. <laughs> <laughs> i could see king louis doing that just like yeah. hey Hey, we, we need to all be one. Orange is the best we need, color. We, we need a uh, uniformity here. Um, <laughs> we gotta stand as a united front. That's not how King Louis. They is are the, they are the crypts to the jungle's bloods. <laughs> <laughs> There's wolves and oranges. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yes, he he loves Mowgli. Um, in the sense that he loves what Mowgli stands for. Mowgli is a man, and he wants all of the power and like that that sense of like specialness that comes with being a man. Yeah. He he hates that Mowgli is a man, and like everyone has this certain reverence for him just because of that. Um, yeah. and and he, I, I think he actually understands the way things are supposed to be. He understands men are. No matter what, they're going to be in charge. Yeah. They got the special flower. The, the red flower. <laughs> the red flower. They got tools. They can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. He understands that. But yes. he wants to be in that place. Yes. So he understands it, but disagree, disagrees with it. With, with the, the order time. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he wants all of that, but he doesn't want the responsibility. Kind of like what you were saying earlier with Jack Skellington, where it's like he has this view he he sees how things are supposed to be in this section but in trying to put himself into that he just ends up trying to wreck the whole system because he doesn't want the the full responsibility and power that comes with it once he Mm -hmm. actually has it um yeah anyways but yeah so again different different animals respond to him in different ways there's a snake that literally tempts man to death that is Ka, the rock snake uh, <laughs> and Ka is my favorite character <laughs> i love Ka. scarlett johansson no <laughs> quit bringing up redheads man i'm just messing, I... with, you. I'm just messing with you because <laughs> so many people got mad about scarlett johansson being Ka. i, Ka. I I'm didn't like, i don't care i don't it it's like it fits the like like the snake is supposed to like like everyone is scared of Ka because everyone is like, oh yeah, if you look into his eyes, like you will be petrified. You know, like that's. But it's less petrification, like more like kind of like you're getting seduced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, point is, wait, well, okay, bringing up Ka, I think he, he, uh, <laughs> he, it. they. Um, nope. <laughs> Just going to clarify that. <laughs> nope. Um, but no, Ka, the rock snake, he has this view of man where he sees uh, he sees like a lot of the faults that come with man. Um, Ka is pretty much like the oldest being in the jungle. Um, and he, he's, he's seen all these faults that come with man and he sees Mowgli and sees him as he tries to like redeem all these different aspects of that and i don't know i i think ka helps mowgli a lot um also tries to eat him also tries to eat him <laughs> um but after but very complicated very, very complicated i love ka 
Um, but yes, no, my, my point is that just like through all of this, Mowgli eventually, like he, he realizes like, no, I am man. And he sees that his place isn't with men. His place is ruling over the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the movies, you never really get a picture of this because the movies end with him being like 10 forever. Um, but, but in the books, like Mowgli, like he, he grows up, he gets older. Um, and he's still in charge of the jungle. And he's, yeah, he's in charge of the jungle. He, he's running things, um, like elephants come to him for advice and, you know, like he, he does different things. He's like helping, you know, like deer, uh, like cast off their antlers for the wind. You know, he's like, do it. He, he does stuff. He, you know, he actually takes care of things. He takes care of things. Um, Yeah. I think, just for your sake, I think you should watch the movie Mowgli on Netflix. I, you know, I remember it, when that movie came out. It came out like twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. That sounds right because I was uh, watching. That's when the. Uh, oh shoot! I can't. Remember. Directed by Andy Serkis. Yes. Uh, has a bunch of famous people doing stuff too. Okay. <laughs> but the story is a lot closer to. The I've, book. I've always wanted to watch it. It, was it a movie or a series? It's a movie. It's a movie. I watched it. I like. I really enjoyed the live action slash CGI mm-hmm. Jungle Book remake. Yes. from Disney. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I really liked it. Like seven and a half, seven and a half out of ten at yeah. least. Right. It, it's this different. movie. It's very different, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard to put it on the same scale as that movie. Yeah, but I, I definitely, it's definitely like a nine out of ten. Oh wow! Or at least a Jungle Book movie, <laughs> which, which the max on that is a six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's okay. that's fair. Anyway, so but there is a lot more element to this in that movie, mm-hmm. where when he goes to the human village, yeah, not only are the humans separate from the rest of the jungle, which he views as wrong, yeah, but there's also this poacher there mm-hmm. from the UK or something. And he has like, uh, like taken animals and like stuffed them, and they're like in his tent. And he puts Mowgli as like a savage human in his tent in a cage. <laughs> and so Mowgli sees these stuffed animals and stuff, and he's like, "That's nope." And he like, he humans his way out of everything by being super clever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but well that's new, but okay. <laughs> that's very new, but it, it illustrates a very it, interesting yeah, point. It gets of that across. Mowgli under because of this, you mm-hmm. see him go back, defeat Shere Khan. Yes. Uh and he's still ten at the end of the movie, but at the end at in like there's like a blackout and some words like sometimes they have it says Mowgli goes on to rule on, rule the jungle yeah. forever or whatever okay. <laughs> for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, but at the end, they all agree that Mowgli is supposed to be in charge, and then it says that like he continues to be in charge. So Mowgli goes through this experience of, I'm not going to hide from being a man anymore. Man should not be separate from nature. Men should rule nature, but men cannot be cruel to nature. Yeah. And so he he learns how to be in that correct place yeah. that we've been put by God. It's very interesting. Mm. I, I think it added a little bit of a new element. <laughs> I, I'm sh- you should watch I, it. <laughs> there was a was it who was it? There was a Christmas movie that was coming on around that time that 
and my brain immediately says Jack Nicholson, and I don't think that's right. <laughs> don't think that's wrong. Right. I think you're thinking <laughs> the Christmas Chronicles. Christmas, yes, yes, yes. Has, Wait, what's his name? Um, keep going. Anyway, I watched that movie, and uh, after that movie, it's like, you know, like at, Mowgli. At, yeah, it was like this is a different movie it was like at midnight tonight this is airing and it was already like 11 30 and all my friends were tired and i was like <gasps> and i was like guys guys, 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 guys guys i love the jungle book and it says it's inspired by the books and i want to watch it and everyone was like i think i'm kurt gonna... russell kurt russell thank definitely you definitely not jack Nixon. oh my gosh that guy you're insane plays a santa claus <laughs> anyway so yeah, that was a decent movie. Moving on, it was it <laughs> was the, fascinating. The, the Mowgli, I think it's called Mowgli, King of the Jungle. Or something. It's something like that, yeah. But it 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 plays into this idea you're getting at a little bit more um, than it did before. Sure. Than than the Disney version of this story does. Hmm. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. You're fine. You're I just fine. wanted to bring up the point of that poacher thing because it was really playing into what you were saying. Okay. No. no um. He, in the, again, one of the books. Um, Mowgli, You're just doing all Jungle books. I, yeah, I just, I just fucking love those books. Um, but yeah, no, Mowgli actually goes back to the village on a couple different occasions. Um, you know, he feels drawn there for different reasons. I mean, he's a man. Because he's a man. Pretty and he, girl. He feels, <laughs> no, actually never. That's in the Disney It's in, yeah, it's in the sequel, yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, we're going to stop talking. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um but no, he, uh, for some reason, okay, for some reason, I had the Jungle Book 2 on VHS. But not the original. I never had the original one on VHS. I didn't get the original one until it came out on Blu-ray. And so, like, <laughs> there was a very long period of time where I was like, these Jungle Book movies, this is kind of weird. <laughs> and I remember seeing the first one on TV, like, vaguely as a child. And I was, like, remember being super weirded out by the vultures on it. If you remember, like, the vultures, they had, like, a weird, like, Three Stooges thing going on. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, I was like, these are weird movies. And then I read the book one day, and I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love these movies! <laughs> right? Anyway, so, are you just... Are, are you I, just I'm, I'm mostly finished at this point. Are I, you, okay, so your I, point was just demonstrating yeah, the, man's the, place in nature. The, the books demonstrate both... Or the books... I, I, the, jung, the jungle book demonstrates very clearly like not only like man's place in relationship to nature through the lens of a man who's trying to find his place in nature um but also like different um fallen worldviews other people can take um as they struggle to dominate nature for their own gain or to completely separate it from their own lives and mm -hmm. just live as a human yeah. with no interaction to nature. And so. the, the, the red flower also plays into this a bit, where it's yes. a symbol of, of it's man's fire. dominance. It's <laughs> a symbol of man's dominance, but because it's used so incorrectly yeah. with the creatures of the jungle, they view it as an evil yeah. and never a good, but it's also the thing that saves Mowgli and saves the rest of the animals at the end. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yes, that comes from man, and it can be used for evil, but 
because it comes from man, it's supposed to be used for good in ruling over you guys yeah. in, in a way that helps. Um, and that plays in with, I think, King Louis a lot. Mm-hmm. It can't, plays in with Ka. Uh, because she, uh, he, she uh, views that as like a ver- the symbol of their power. And she wants to be in charge a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so she also wants to understand how it works. Yeah. Because if she can use it, she can gain back. A, like, she is in a weird, he, I don't know. <laughs> the snake is in a weird place of, it, it kind of is like a devil yeah. creature where... It is trying to be in charge and usurp everything. Yes. But it can put on the face and guise of helping man mm-hmm. and doing that on that journey. Yeah. And I think to play into what we were talking about with Tarzan last week, part of getting in the right place as a human in this sense of getting to rule over nature uh, and be above the creatures and be the one naming them and everything mm-hmm. part of that is he has to understand who he is in relation to them yeah and then he has to understand who he is with other men and then come back yeah so he has to he get has to go from one culture to this elevated culture and then come back and quote unquote save the other cult the original culture yeah if that makes any sense yeah anyway interesting <laughs> <laughs> um there, I, there's a there's a book called The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. Yes. And one of the chapters, we talked about it last week with Tehun. I don't know really? if that was, I don't I don't know if that was recorded. I think we just talked about C.S. Lewis. Oh, okay. Well, fair. fair. <laughs> anyway, point is. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, in the book, he in a chapter he talks about animal pain. He wants to ex- help explain animal pain. Yes, I vaguely remember this. Have you read this book? I have. It's very. It's a very good book. I it's like a, it. Yeah, it is really good. I read it in like high school. Uh, I read it like last year. So <laughs> okay, so this so is a lot about fresher animal for pain, you. and it, it plays into this idea a lot. Mm-hmm. But basically, he's like he's trying to explain people care about animals. You know, so we get upset when dogs are kicked and, and yeah. other things, um, yeah. um, and when the rainforest is bulldozed over and all that, we care. And we want to understand why that pain has to happen. It's essentially tackling the problem of evil. Why does evil have to impact uh, animals? Part of the fall is we're above animals. And so if the thing that is in charge falls, everything falls. Mm-hmm. The animals have fallen too, in a, in a sense. Not in the same way we are. But yeah. on, there's just random... Every, the part of the being an animal is pain. And they're like... You're a wild animal. You're out there attacking each other, trying to live whatever life, and you aren't in connection to man, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be leading and guiding and ruling over, and teaching. Like, hey, avoid this. I'll clip your nails. I'll make sure your teeth aren't going to fall out, and you you won't get gangrene and all this. Yeah, <laughs> I'll protect and guide and rule over you as a, as a good head of the the food chain and of the everything else. Yeah, in nature. But there's also this idea of animals have, if you have ever trained a dog or trained a horse or whatever, and trained anything to be in the correct relationship with... Yeah. You press L to soothe. Yes. <laughs> Rest of the while. <laughs> um, but the, we also often have this view of animals in nature untouched by man, or is that's where they're supposed to be, which is what 
you're kind of talking about where mm-hmm. Bagheera thinks we should be separate. Yes. Animals aren't supposed to come into contact with humans. We're supposed to be separate. Um, we often have this view, especially scientifically, when we study animals, we don't want we want to study them unaffected by man, right? Mm-hmm. To help understand them. But the biblical view is actually the opposite of that. The correct place for animals to be is underneath man, and uh, I guess yeah, underneath man, <laughs> being ruled by man. So the natural place for a dog or a cat or a horse or whatever pet animal is to be in the place of a pet more than out in nature yeah which is a very interesting idea (laughs) if you think about it yeah um but if you've ever trained anything dogs have to go through a bit of pain to get to the correct position of being a pet yeah they have to be trained and whatever your view on training is whether you were like positive reinforcement only bit of negative and positive only negative whatever they're going to get pain positive reinforcement is still painful and that it's changing the way they think about things and they have to learn to wait and sit through and not get what they want which is painful for an animal's (laughs) very small understanding of the world of i need food why are you making me wait on food this is painful this this hurts yeah Um, if you have to break a horse you're probably going to end up hurting that horse a little bit yeah in a physical way not enough to you know kill it all the animal (laughs) but yeah you're gonna have to like get it under control part of that is causing it some pain but the correct for an animal to get into the correct place in relation to us as men and humans they have to go through pain and so it's interesting that in the book, or in the storyline, <laughs> that all the animals that do get in this correct relationship, they all have to go through some type of mental, emotional, or physical pain. And if they don't, they die. <laughs> not, like, not a threat, but like, uh, Shere Khan will not accept it. No. And he goes through a lot of pain because he will not accept it. And he ends up dying because he won't accept it. Yeah. Like um and what's what bagheera mm-hmm. is like going through a lot of emotional pain and he yeah. seems like a like a wounded mother most of the time yeah who lost his child because he's going through a lot of emotional pain he has to work this out and learn the correct way of seeing things and it's going to be painful baloo definitely goes through some pain <laughs> um, the wolves definitely go through some pain yeah um King Louie gets in some pain because he's trying to usurp man in relation to Mowgli. Yeah. And that has to be stopped. And so he has to endure some pain. And so I think that's very interesting that this plays out in the book very well. Mm -hmm. That all these things, like in order to get into the right relationship to Mowgli and humans, they have to go through some either emotional or physical pain to break through and get into the correct spot hmm. that makes any sense to you. yeah <laughs> anyway. i gotcha yeah <laughs> also i think we're done but john fifteen thirteen, amazing verse <laughs> you have because, already stated that no but because of what god jesus says afterward this is jesus words mm-hmm. oh you looked it up the no, ye I are my this. friends 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, greater love has no man, has no one known than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You were my friends. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking to his disciples. Imagine someone saying that to you. Mm-hmm. Hey, the greatest love anyone can express is dying for his friends because yeah. he has to choose his friends and it's dying for them. Yeah. It's not obligated like mother or family or anything like that. It's just his friends and he's choosing to die for them and that's the greatest. Yeah. By the way, you're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he he says afterwards. He's like, he's uh, like, he's like and that's, that's why I'm never going to call you servants and blah, 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 blah. And they still don't get it. They still don't understand that like, yeah, uh, so I'm going to go die for you now. Like they yeah. still, still totally over their heads. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. I just love it. It's amazing. No, it's a phenomenal verse. It really fits God's in a good the, guy. the like gospel story. <laughs> Just his willingness. Yeah. And you can see that in Baloo, apparently. <laughs> in Baloo. Uh, anyway, you should watch that Mowgli movie. I'll watch it when I get home. I'm very tired. <laughs> but you're going to stay up extra two hours for, oh, for yeah. Mowgli, King uh, of the Jungle. <laughs> you, you've sparked something in me now. I need you to know. like the thing. It's not going to stop. I love the Jungle books. All right. Uh, anyway. Thanks for being here <laughs> as we ramble on about Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah. And uh, man being over animals <laughs> and what that looks like. Um, if you have anything you would like to add or say or anything at all, um, you can contact us at ocvepod at gmail.com or ocvepod on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for being here. Uh, have a good week. Bye. Bye.